Hi, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. From spirituality, holistic healing, to creativity, and conscious business, we've got your mind, body, and spirit covered. Hi, welcome again to Liberate the Podcast. So I'm really excited that we have one of our residents and residents is somebody that is always at our store at least once a month doing an amazing workshop event. She's also an author, a marriage family therapist. Uh, She has done a deep dive into Tantra and Tantric dating, but we're going to learn about how that isn't necessarily anything to do with sex. It's so much deeper than that and so much more. And we're going to learn about bringing love and awareness to the dating process. And that's what she stands and is for. So welcome, Catherine Allman. Hi. Oh, hi, Christina. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. Happy to be here. Uh, so I always like to start out with, you know, I do a little intro letting people know about you, but if you want to share a little bit about yourself and then we kind of see where things go and how we dive into things. Sure. Um, as Christina said, I'm a marriage and family therapist in practice in West LA. And um, I guess how I got to tantric dating was that my um, dating life had kind of been a mess for a really long time. I tried very hard and had um, my relationships weren't very successful. And about five years ago, I decided I would just really go for it and just really find the love of my life. And when I entered the mainstream dating world, I was pretty shocked at how cold and rejecting and superficial it was. And um, I'm sure nobody in the audience can relate to that. (laughs) Especially in L.A. (laughs) Yeah, I had had the experience of um, years before living in a Tantra ashram in India. Okay. Where men and women and women and and men and everybody met each other very differently than we do here. Mm -hmm. And so I took that experience and put it together, tried to put it together as a spiritual person dating, trying to find a partner in the Western world here in Los Angeles. How could those, uh, how could the tantric principles enhance our uh, looking for love? And so that's when I wrote the book and started doing the workshops from what I learned. Mm. So, so tell, tell me a little bit about what it is that you learned and how that integrates. Because, I mean, Tantra is a, you know, it's an offshoot in the traditional sense. It's offshoot of Buddhism. So it's more of a religious belief and a deep connection to the soul. And then the Western uh, world kind of took it and used that deeper connection with the soul and applied it to uh, relationships, right? And how you can connect with another soul, right? And that's where it took wildfire in the West, but the the principles of it is more of a Buddhist tradition. Well, uh, my uh, spiritual teacher explained it this way. Mm -hmm. He said that if you take it way back to the root, there's basically two spiritual paths, and Mm -hmm. he called it the yogic and the tantric. And the yogic uh, is all, that's not the same word as the yoga that we do in in, uh, studios, although it is part of that, but it's the idea that there's something you need to do to get to God or to get to enlightenment, or to have realization. There's Mm -hmm. something you need to do. So these types of traditions would be you need to do yoga postures, you need to eat a certain way, you need to say a certain number of mantras, you need to do these things to advance. And Tantra says, it's all the traditions that say, you're already there. In this moment, everything is already perfect. If you can get out of the way and, and experience that, there's nothing else to be done. Mm. 
And so in Tantra, in this sort of tradition, we, instead of making ourselves do stuff or eating certain ways that we don't particularly want to eat or whatever we might try to do, we practice being in this present moment, getting out of the way, quieting our minds and seeing that in this moment, love is already here. Mm -hmm. My mind is telling me it's not because you don't have the right shoes or your profile on the dating site isn't the right thing or this or that. We practice seeing that love is already here. Mm -hmm. And so that, that, um, how that translated is that because everything's sacred, sex is sacred too. Mm -hmm. So it became the only spiritual path where sex was sacred because I don't know about you, the one I grew up in, sex was not very sacred. Yeah. In fact, it was the opposite. <laughs> so, so to have a, a religion where uh, sex was sacred, it became like this weird, terrible, weird you know, thing that the, the other paths condemned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. So you, you were... You know, so did you know much about Tantra before you went over and lived in the ashram? I had read quite a bit about okay. it. So I that's had, probably why it brought you there, right? Yeah, and I was attracted to this particular teacher. Okay. And so I had read this more uh, philosophical, and I like the sex-positive aspect of mm -hmm. it. Um, I'm not going to pretend I didn't, but it wasn't like a bunch of wild orgies or anything. Maybe that was going on and I wasn't invited. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but it was a sex-positive environment, but it was a, that it was um, people, single people were meeting each other in this climate of, Everything's perfect. Everything's beautiful. How can I love you in this moment? Not what I find in the Western world is, what can I, I'm going to date you until I figure out what I don't like about you. Yeah. And constantly, I'm going to find something wrong with you first. So I'll reject you first before you reject me, but then it becomes a race. Exactly. Exactly. And so what I'm doing when I go on the dating site is I'm looking at this list going, no, 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 no. And what I found was, I believe that the process of dating that we do here is actually creating people who are less loving. We're going out by and being less loving and trying to find love. Yeah. And I don't, I think that I noticed myself as I got real, I was on five online dating sites and I was meeting a couple people a week and I felt like this is making me more and more and more and more judgmental. Mm-hmm. And my criteria is getting narrower and narrower and narrower. Yeah, one bad experience after a bad experience, and before you know it, your shields are up so thick that you're not even giving anybody a chance. Exactly. And um, one of my students likes to give the example that, um, you know, she had checked that she didn't believe, on the dating site, she had checked that she didn't believe that she would be compatible with a Muslim man, for example. And I said, are you prejudiced against Muslims in your personal life? She goes, oh, no. Not at all. I would have Muslim friends, but I didn't think I would date a Muslim man. Well, guess who she's married to? <laughs> yeah. Once she opened her heart. Yeah. When you let go of those judgments. So that's pretty much what you teach, is helping people let go and be present, right? Yes, and we practice that in the workshop. So it's one thing everybody thinks, oh, I agree with that. But to actually sit in the presence of another person mm -hmm. and be fully accepting, experience that breathing human being next to you, uh, what we might call their divinity, their sacredness, the beauty of this other person, breathe together, yeah. look in each other's eyes. You can't help but fall in love with every person that you are that present with. That's beautiful. So um, 
take me through a little bit of the, the, the journey. So you're over, how long were you at the ashram? I lived there for a year. For a year. Uh -huh. And then after that experience, you come back to the West. And was it initially right when you came back, you wanted to start writing those principles? Or was it when you had these five dating profiles going? Well, there was um, a little gap in there because I actually got mar married my second husband I met at the ashram. Oh, okay. And we came back to San Francisco and we tried, we did that thing and then that fell apart. And then I started the dating and I just, well, I had a little period of time when I was by myself. And then I decided I'm going to really go for this. Mm -hmm. I've, I, in my own estimation, I'd been a failure at this all my life. And people might beg to differ. They say those were all learning experiences, <laughs> all those relationships. But, but I, I hadn't, I hadn't found the love that I wanted. Yeah, and that's that's the point. You know, I do believe that everything leads us to the next, but there is, you know, certain goals or certain aspirations or desires that we want out of certain things. And if we're not hitting those benchmarks, you know, if, if somebody's going out to play basketball and they keep on missing the shot and missing exactly. the shot and missing the shot, yeah, did they play the game? Yeah, did they learn a little bit better for it? But their goal is to make and make the shot right yeah. and so um you know i can i can understand you know both perspectives but it's what is it that you want this experience to be for your life yeah right? exactly and, and so you weren't achieving that to to what you wanted even though you learned from all of these past and so okay keep exactly. going exactly and i didn't really know what i was doing wrong i'd been in therapy and so on so i went back to therapy to finish up whatever i needed to i hired a coach i really thought about the tantric principles and i just started dating a lot and then synthesized this dating as a spiritual path, which is if I'm meeting you on a coffee date and we're sitting down, we're having coffee, how can I sit and enjoy you as a person, even though we'll probably never see each other again. Every single date you go on is probably not going to turn into the love of your life, mm -hmm. just the same way every person you meet is not going to become your best friend. We don't yeah. really worry about that, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, but in dating, if it doesn't work out, we, we think something's wrong with us. But if you can have this more relaxed attitude of just going to see how what how much of a loving encounter we can have in this 45 minutes we're having coffee. Yeah. I develop myself as a lover. Mm -hmm. And then a more loving person is more likely to be attracted to me as well. Yeah. Because what, so, what you are, you attract. Exactly. And so I had to also come to the realization that I had attracted partners who were kind of half loving because I was kind of half loving and I didn't know that about myself mm -hmm. but I saw that that was the truth I'd been trained to by advertising and everything to be very judgmental mm -hmm. and at, through this tantric dating process I learned to let a lot of those judgments go learn how to be more loving and then could attract love back wow. and now I'm in the fantastic my partner now and I are always saying we didn't really know it could be this good yeah well, you're both committed to it. We're both committed to it. We've both worked on ourselves, and um, and now we want to share this message of it can be this good. Ah, that's beautiful. <laughs> and so when you're having these experiences, these 45-minute coffees, and you're being present and being the most loving that you can be, when was it the decision that you decided that you wanted to take this and write this and share what you were learning mm. and experiencing mm. for others? Well, I was actually, as I say in the foreword to my book, um, I was having some conversations with a younger guy friend of mine, 
And we got so excited about dating. He's a spiritual person as well. We got so excited about how we could apply spiritual principles to dating. We, we started talking on the phone almost every day. We just, we'd go on dates and we'd come back and we'd, well, what to think about this and this and this and this. And out of that, those exciting conversations, one day I, he's, you know, we were saying, we could teach this to people. And, and I go, we could call it tantric dating. He goes, yeah. So I immediately bought the URL and we started we gave a, a talk and then he dropped out, but we started uh, giving the talks and I wrote the book and that's how that happened. Wow. Because it's, once you really learn something, you want to share it. Yeah, of course. If, it were, if you found something and it worked for you, then uh, I would like other people to be able to find this as well. So when did you write your book? Uh, it was a year and a half ago. Uh, I think it was June. And you were doing some classes before that and then now you do them regularly. Yeah, we had a couple talks, and they went very well, so I thought, well, I'm going to take a deep breath and take this on the road, and it's, um, you guys have been very receptive, and it's been wonderful here. And your classes are, you know, every, every you know, <laughs> it's the first uh, Saturday of every month we host uh, the class, and there's always a lot of people come, and they always seem like they get so much out of it. And we have some people coming repeatedly, mm -hmm. because I change the, we do a couple things, uh, we start each a workshop with a, a meditation where we go deeply into our bodies. Okay. Because, um, uh, you know, we live we live in a culture where we're taught to look for love with our eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's not really the best criteria because, I don't know, I'm sure some of your listeners can understand this, but sometimes we find someone we like with our eyes, but we don't actually, once we get into a relationship with them, we're not even actually that comfortable sitting around with them. So Yeah. Their energy really... and the different things, and exactly. it's like, it's a, it's like what, what I say to people all the time. You can, you know, think somebody's not that attractive, and then find them to be even more and more and more attractive the more you get to know them, and then you can find somebody to be extremely attractive, and the more you get to know them, you don't find them attractive exactly. at all because it's the outside is just the shell. So in order to spend time with somebody, it's the internal. It's self. that feeling state of being comfortable in their presence. Yeah. So I. I help us come into our feeling, the present moment in our bodies, which for some people it's the first time they've ever done that. Mm -hmm. I know before I went to the ashram, I'd never done that. Wow. We sit and feel what people's energy is like. When I was at the ashram, we did this experience where we were blindfolded. Mm -hmm. We would go around without being able to see, feel everybody's energy. So you could feel that, oh, this person feels lovely to sit with and this person is a little tense and this person feels like they'd be a family member and this person feels like two poles of a two magnets what do you call that when they're opposing yeah, yeah opposing magnets and without being able to see feeling that and then we took the blindfolds off it was not often the per person you thought you would have connected with that do you do that exercise here too we haven't done it because i don't want to ask strangers to be blindfolded because we knew each other a little bit before we got blindfolded but we do sit and try to feel the we've seen what that other person looks like and we do sit with our eyes closed and try to feel the resonance 
I like that, and it kind of it kind of reminds me there there's the soul and the energy, but then they also say on a physical level that depending on even like you know we have more bacteria cells in our body than we do human cells. Really? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and that depending that there's different kinds of types of bacteria that will actually repel against each other, and then different types of bacteria that actually simulate with each other, and so it's interesting. Yeah, I, I go down I go down rabbit holes all no, the time learning things. But yeah, and so there's there's a lot of new studies have been done about, you know, the different cultures of bacteria that people have in like their gut and whether they get along personality wise or not. And so you, your eyes and your consciousness may know no, not, nothing not, not, about not, it. Nothing about that, but I'm saying, yeah. But the bacteria are going, uh-uh. Yeah, so I mean, there, there's the physical, like the legitimate physical, and then, of course, there's the, the energetical, the, the, the emotional, uh, the interest, all the subtle energies mm-hmm. that some one experiences, too. But I, I think that that's such a cool experience, you know, that... I would love to see that done in a in a group, you know, yeah. because just just to just to have people be aware of of the different forms of energy without awareness of a physical form. I think that that's such a that when hearing that that's the first time I've heard that that study. So yeah, I'm planning. I um I haven't talked to you guys yet, but in my mind, we're already going to be doing here at Liberate a, a full day. Well, oh. we're, well, we're incorporate that. I just oh, yeah, that, that that's cool though. I, I yeah, it fascinates me. So uh-huh. I, yeah. So um, we we sit down in the workshop and we all sit and ground in our bodies. We really breathe into our bodies and get present that way. And then um, I was saying people are coming back to the workshop because then we do an exercise each time that's different. Mm-hmm. So there's different content each time, so people can come back to the workshop and practice. How can I, because you know, it's always with workshops, you learn something and you go out in the world, it's like, well, how do you actually implement that? Yeah. So part of what I want to do here being monthly is be a place that people can come back and refresh before they go back out in the cold world of dating again with, how do I do this from a spiritual place? And we're starting to get a core group that comes back and refreshes before they go back out again. That's very lovely. Um, and then at the end, we often... Uh, close with a certain kind of um, a ritual of just sitting with a person and looking in their eyes, which we don't really ever do very much. Mm-hmm. We used to do that at the ashram for like 20 minutes, and I don't ask people to do that, but just to sit and look deeply into another person's soul, mm-hmm. you just, you cannot help but fall in love with that person if you do that. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. Because you see their beauty. It's just... Yeah, the, the, the guards and the shields go down and the essence and the pureness and the acceptance. Exactly. Right? And so these are some of the things that people do in the experience of the class. Mm-hmm. And can you share with me a little bit more on what other things you cover in your book? too? Because I'm sure. sure that you go into a little bit more. The book's a little longer than the one class. So. Sure. Um, I have some exercises in the book, for example, um, along the same themes. One is what I call the Starbucks exercise, where you just go and um, we're taught, uh, we all are taught that a certain uh, type of person is attractive in this culture. And that varies, as we know, from culture to culture. So, Mm -hmm. for example, pretty much everyone knows the examples of the ancient Polynesians, where the bigger you were, the more attractive you were. Mm -hmm. Or... uh, in French culture where older women are considered very hot. That's starting to be more so here, but still not like the French. And um, certain cultures, 
uh, short, dark men are considered ideal, and here it's like short men are, are somehow considered disadvantaged, and so on. So we see how we've been brainwashed to see a certain type of person is that's who I'm looking for, that person's hot. So I suggest that we, one of the exercises I gave us, go to Starbucks and look for who's hot, but then also look for who's attractive in other ways. Hmm. So, for example, go, that person right there, he looks like he probably... I mean, this is all imagination, but so is attraction. So you might say, that guy looks like he would um, pick up his kids. He'd spend his afternoons picking up his kids at Little League or coaching Little League. That's a good person. I find that attractive. Mm-hmm. Okay? Which is interesting because then you're allowing your unconscious to bring up what you truly desire, not even knowing. Because somebody might not know that they think that somebody that takes their kids to Little League is something that they're looking for or that they're yeah. finding attractive, right? You know, because like, they might look and analyze some somebody and they might come up with these, you know, imagine, imagination of circumstances and events. Right. But in that, there's a thread of what they truly desire. Exactly. And uh, a goodness, uh, looking for a goodness of a person, that's not necessarily what we've been taught is hot. Yeah. Okay? So uh, she looks like she probably spends time uh, taking care of her mother or, or spends a lot of time being a family person. And that's, a, that's an attractive quality, whether or not that's a person I would ever want to be with. I'm exercising my ability to find more things about people attractive than just the... Yeah. advertising industry's idea of who's attractive. Yeah, and they might be like, oh, I think that that person's, you know, attractive because they would spend hours writing or reading, exactly. you know, like where I'm saying like the different exactly. priorities, you know, exactly. in one's life. Ah, okay. Yeah, so, so that person's a little bit shy and introverted. That probably means they read a lot or they yeah. have some kind of interesting secret life, uh, private life. It's so we that we take these things that were taught are not attractive and we start expanding our idea because I know when I was at the ashram I started finding almost everyone attractive and when I got back here and would say are you kidding everyone in LA is good looking have you, have you, you know and they'd be like no they're not I was like well you can train yourself to see that everyone's attractive mm-hmm. everyone's attractiveness yeah it's like uh, that movie um, what is it Shallow Hal do you remember that movie? I remember the Where, title, okay, and I so, remember the trailer. It looks hilarious. Yeah, so um, I forget who the main character is, but I know Tony Robbins played itself in the movie, <laughs> and he hypnotized the guy to see inner beauty instead of outer beauty, and he fell in love for the first time in his life, and he had no idea what the woman that he fell in love with actually looked like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's actually a freedom of a sort, because mm-hmm. we really, I call it the tyranny of the eyes. Um, I say the eyes your false friends because they're giving you false information all the time. Mm-hmm. And to have freedom from that, we still can enjoy attractive people. That's not the point. People are always like, do what's that mean? I always get this thing. They go, does that mean I have to be with someone that I find ugly? It's like that has nothing to do with yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, you can find somebody that is extremely, you know, physically attractive from your eye point of view and soul point of view, but you're going after it from the other. Exactly. Right? And so I like that. And what other cool exercises like that? I like that one for people to do. Um well, I have one called the egg meditation. It's to really get in touch with our yin nature. And it's um, for women and men. Why not? And um, I did this uh, 
I had heard that, um, people love this one for some reason. Uh, I had read this thing about uh, that modern women are becoming less yin because our culture doesn't, um, it doesn't privilege uh, being quiet, being uh, a bit modest, um, being passive. These are all considered bad things in the mainstream culture are being um, shy and all these things are you know nobody's looking for that and so it's good that men and women are becoming more equal but then nobody's nobody's allowed to be these characteristics everyone has to be bold assertive kicking butt you know out and doing this and nobody is it's not okay to be introverted quiet and so on so I thought that I would like to develop some of my yin qualities and I, for some reason, uh, thought about the, you know, in sex ed, when you see those, or you can see it on YouTube now, where the egg is sitting there pulsating mm -hmm. and all the sperms yeah. are running at it. So I thought, well, I'll just be, in terms of dating, I'll just be this, I'll do this meditation <laughs> on this egg, just sitting here being an egg, a queen egg, because the egg doesn't really do anything. It just sits there while the sperm rush up to it and stuff. I'm a fairly aggressive person in the world, but anyway... They're all rushing up, and I just did this meditation. And then I was out at a bar where a lot of single people were, and I sat on the bar stool and kind of did my egg meditation. I opened my eyes, and I usually don't get approached much in bars because I, I can be shy. And I all of a sudden, I opened my eyes after doing the egg meditation. I looked around, and like a bunch of sperm had swum up to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I just um, suggest this not as a way of becoming less passive or less assertive, but just to exercise this other part of our nature. Okay. Be, to be able to find all of these qualities in ourselves and in other people attractive. Yeah, and you know, on, on the other aspect of that is that you're visualizing bringing things to you and everything's exactly. en energy, you know? And so the energy just came to, cause you were attracting it to come. Exactly. Right? Um, and then, uh, so, okay, so we're, you have these exercises, you, there's many more, and I want to spoil everybody that you should buy your book, and dive in deep that way, um, come to some of the classes, and it sounds like we're going to be expanding and doing more classes with you as well, which is really great. Now, one of the things that I wanted to touch on is that there's a misconception in the, in the West that Tantra is all about sex. So do you want to touch sure. on that a little bit? Sure. Um, there is... Um, uh, there is a branch of Tantra which is definitely about sex. It's not the sort of um, some people take it to mean you know having big huge explosive orgasms and so on and, and doing these wild things and basically a tantric sex is different than conventional sex in that it is not goal oriented. So in conventional sex the goal is to get to orgasm and then sex is over. Mm-hmm. Tantric sex, since everything's already fine in this moment, it's not trying to get to a goal. Mm -hmm. So it's making love with the intention of being fully present in this moment and not trying to get to orgasm. Yeah. So there's lots of ways of just practicing, just like the exercises I'd be doing in class, where we would practice being in the present moment, breathing, seeing the beauty of the other person. I like to say that tantric sex is sex equals love. Mm -hmm. And sex in conventional world... I was thinking about this the other day that in the movies, sex is okay if it's a little bit kinky or 
uh, a stranger's meeting and having wild hot sex or but really two people who deeply love each other making love that's pretty taboo still that's interesting that's an interesting observation but yeah not as I think about like a lot of the movies or TV shows it's you know I mean there's some that have that deep love component there's some, but it's it's much more rare and I think really taboo to talk about um, Tantra is about sex really being present in love and even if that's a one-night stand or if that's a short encounter it's still about how can we be as present as possible more important than just how can we get each other off yeah and some people can practice that with the, if you have a partner or uh, any any you know whatever you're, you're doing you can practice being present in the moment with your friend with a person with anybody and being you know what I'm hearing overall, and uh, I've studied more like Buddhist Tibetan um, principles, mm-hmm. uh, but as, as I'm hearing that it's all about being present. Yes. It's all about being in the moment and finding the divine love and the divinity in the present. Yes, right? we're out there looking for love and love is already here. Yeah. We are love. We are love. And as the more we love ourselves, the more we'll see that reflection of love in the world. Exactly. It's a beautiful... What's one of the number one things that you love most about teaching and helping people experience this? Oh, I just love uh, when uh, people get back to me that they've gone on dates and they really were able to open their hearts to somebody in a way they wouldn't have before. And they say, thanks to you for this teaching. I'm like, oh, a little bit more love in the world. Ah. A little bit more love, because I think we kind of have a love problem on the planet, and I think as each of us opens a little bit more to love, that's lighting little lights all over the world. Well said. (laughs) And if you, first off, uh, before we get into the closing, uh, where can people find you? I'm online. Uh, should I say my yep. will be low? Okay. I, um, my website's katherineamond.com. I also have a website, just tantricdating.com. I have, um, at last count, 90 videos on my YouTube channel. So that's all there for you. And I'm on Facebook uh, at katherineamondlmft. So connect. Love to help you out in any way I can. Yeah, and we'll put all that information down below, too, uh, for people to reference. And if you had to leave people with something, what would it be? Love is here. I felt I couldn't feel that. I had to go out and looking for it. I'm glad I did. And if we really breathe deeply and go into our bodies and into this present moment, love is here. That doesn't mean it's not great to find a partner. It is. But that's the way to find a partner. Mm-hmm. That's the way. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And uh, until next time, thank you. If you enjoyed this conversation, like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation, head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Liberate Hollywood. All one word or Liberate Emporium, all one word. Until next time, liberate yourself.